Aloha. It is the Say Nice Things About Detroit show here with me, Emily T. Gale, and I'm delighted to be with Lisa Nuskowski. We're at the Detroit Foundation Hotel in downtown Detroit. And Lisa, Lisa is all the energy behind the MoGo bike system that has came to Detroit about 16 months ago, I believe. Yep, so, right. Lisa, thanks for joining me, and I want to get deep into the history of how it all started because we all know that non-motorized bikes and every non-motorized mobility in every community is important these days and MoGo was such a, 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 a what do I want to say it raised the bar as far as Detroit goes in terms of creating mobility for people so let's go back to a little bit of the history your history um, background in Detroit and how it all started yeah well thank you for that nice compliment um, we appreciate uh, thinking that we're playing a small role in advancing the mobility conversation here in Detroit um, so my story I've been living and working in Detroit for it'll be 15 years in December um, and how MoGo came to be was I was working at Wayne State University in the Office of Economic Development and this was 2012 and we were approached by a couple of members in the community around wanting to start a conversation about what having a bike share system in Detroit could look like and so this is just when bike shares were starting to pop up in other U.S. cities. Um, and so there was some interest in, in exploring that in Detroit as well. And so we pulled together a group of community business stakeholders to have a conversation about just that. And there was definitely some interest, but people had a lot of questions about what could that mean for the city? How would that function in a city like Detroit that's really oriented around the personal automobile? And so uh, we agreed to do a, feasibil a feasibility study, um, which we did in 2013. So we raised a little bit of money for, for that. Um, and then the feasibility study looked at, can this work in Detroit? And if so, what kind of business model should we use? And we used that, uh, the results from that feasibility study, which not surprisingly said, Detroit was a great candidate for bike share. You know, we were a city built to accommodate 2 million people. We've got less than half of that living in the city now, but we have all the same infrastructure. So we have these wide roads with plenty of space to accommodate people who are biking, walking, taking transit, in addition to cars. And we've got a growing uh, bike culture here in the city from things like the slow roll, to tour Detroit. Uh, we've got, I think, over 60 neighborhood uh, bike clubs in the city now. So there's a, it's really taken root in, in Detroit. And so, you know, there was a, a lot of momentum to capitalize on in terms of adding bike share to, to that mix. And we had a lot of the right partners around the table uh, already, even in those early conversations. So they felt really encouraged by sort of the pieces that we already had in, in place and, and thought that you know, bike share could, could be really successful in Detroit and then recommended that we create a, a nonprofit organization to advance that because some cities will do the service you know, on their own or they'll contract out with a third party operator. Um, a handful of cities sort of do it privately um, and other cities will have like a nonprofit that, that runs the service. And at that time, Detroit um, was not in the best financial position and so it kind of had other priorities that it needed to focus on, and so it made a lot of sense for um, a nonprofit organization to be started. It's so to, to easy to assume it just happened, right? And yeah. here you say six years ago, and when somebody came to you and brought it up, at the time, did you have your eye on bike share, or what were you doing with with the Wayne State Office of Economic Development at the time? Was was bike something a focus or anything? Or what did you know about bike share yourself? Yeah, I didn't know much. I mean, okay. like I said, it was just um, starting to pop up in cities around the country. And so um, you know, it was really an opportunity for me to educate myself on what bike share is and how, how it works. Um, but our office was focused on how the university could use you know, its resources, be they research, people, facilities, okay. Um, you know other kinds of uh, amenities that the university has to benefit not only the neighborhood but the city of Detroit. And so really thinking about, you know, how can we be a catalyst for for growth? 
Because even six um, years ago, when I heard bike share, I, I remember I would read about it in other cities and like, what? How does that work? You know, it's it's yeah. easy now when you see it, it looks so systematized and everything. But at the and time, you, and you now see it in all, you know, almost every yeah, major but city at those has times, a version. I mean, that was really some forward thinking for you to, you know, the, to move ahead on it or at least to explore the feasibility. Yeah. And so the the, the steps after forming the nonprofit and. Yeah, so I I left Wayne State University with the complete support and blessings from the university because they knew we want to advance bike share. The university isn't the right place to do it, right? They're not going to own and operate a public bike share system. And so I left in 2015 to work full time on on launching bike share. Um, And and then we actually launched the service itself uh, in 2017. So a lot of the time in between was really spent raising money for it. So uh, we don't use any city taxpayer dollars. We did receive a federal grant um, up front uh, to help purchase the stations and then we raise money from philanthropy and we have corporate support as well um, and then how we operate going forward is we use the user revenues for people buying memberships buying daily passes um, in addition to corporate sponsorship um, and advertising well, let's talk about stations. the corporate sponsorship yeah. that's, that's vital to anybody I mean Absolutely. I having put on many events myself you know that's the that's the heartbeat and the, the what makes it all work I mean I think HAP Health Alliance Plan has been a wonderful partner. I mean, it fits, doesn't it? Yeah. So Henry Ford Health System and Health Alliance Plan, they are our title sponsor. Um, And the partnership has just been fantastic. I mean, when you think about alignments of mission, you know, they're really focused on investing in bike share as a way to prevent some of the health issues that people encounter um, and keep not only people, but communities healthy uh, and active. And that's certainly, you know, a part of our mission as well. And so the the partnership there has just been fantastic. Um, And it's great because we hear, you know, when people say, oh yeah, those are the the Henry Ford bikes or those are the hat bikes. And so I I think that they're getting some uh, additional value and just recognition for the great service that they provide to the community too. And I have to say that even from my own point of view, I look at uh, Henry Ford uh, and the health, uh, HAP, Health Alliance Plan, totally differently now. Yeah, I, I don't look at it as just like this medical thing out there. You know, right. I, I see it totally different as every time I see those bikes. Yeah, I, I mean, have a it's whole innovative. different part in my heart. Yeah, innovative. They're out in the community um, and really supporting, you know, a variety of ways for people to be active, healthy, engaged. Um, and I think it's really important to be involved at that level, right? Like they're not just this. You know, they're not a monolithic institution, yeah. but they're actually out and connected with the community a through services like this. Mutually beneficial. Yeah, uh, we couldn't be happier to be to be partners. With, with so Henry there's Ford a lot now. of things that have, uh, Lisa Nikowski is who we're speaking with, with, with MoGo, and the, your title is what? Executive director? I'm the founder and executive director. The founder and executive yes. director. I'm glad they keep that word founder in there because I'm a great... I put it in there because I want people to know I've been here since day one. Well, so. you know, I'm a great <laughs> believer in that because, I, you know, I go way back in the yeah. things that I created. And absolutely. There's absolutely wonderful things when people say, oh, you created, say nice things about Detroit. And yes. I say, yeah, that back in the 1970s, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, here at Detroit Foundation Hotel, which was my neighborhood because the store was over by the London. London Chop House, right? The old Detroit Fire Headquarters at Larned and Washington Boulevard. We started our Emily Detroit runs right out here in the corner. And what I loved about Detroit Foundation Hotel was they really honored that in me. Yeah. You know, and wanted to know more about the history. And I think it's important to share that. So I'm glad you put that in there, founder. Yes. So Lisa Mikowski, the founder, a very important <laughs> part of knowing that she's also the executive director because, like we said, six years ago it got started. But there's a, a number of things that I think are kind of bullet points. Um, what were you, when you first started, how many bikes? And let's talk a little bit about how you rolled out the bikes and how you decided where to have stations. Yeah. So we, we launched uh, May 2017 with 430 bikes. 
at 43 stations in 10 Detroit neighborhoods. And we started uh, operating the system not by putting the bikes all at the stations and just kind of saying, all right, it's open and available to use. But we actually recruited members from the community to uh, over 300 community members to ride the bikes out from uh, one Ford place. So we, that's where our, our launch uh, party was. And 300 people, more than 300 people, rode those bikes out to the various stations around the city. And it was just such a wonderful way to celebrate like the bikes being out active. People got a chance to try them out. Um, it generated a lot of excitement and a lot of buzz. And the I will visuals say, were fantastic. The pictures that went out about everybody yeah. going to their stations. Of course, people posting on social media because they were so happy to be a part of it. Yeah. And then I remember, so then I took our team out for a celebratory lunch afterwards uh, at Selden Standard. Okay. And we were sitting there and I looked out and there were two people like that rode the bikes by. And this was not a part of the launch. This was just people out there using the service and it within was within hours of when you would put them into the within stations. two hours right i mean it was just such a surreal wonderful moment um and you know we also kind of squealed and yeah. <laughs> she raised a glass sure. to that because it was it was very exciting like it's you know it's, it's out in the world living you know and providing value to people already it was a it was a great moment and so lisa nikowski from mogo bikes how did the name come about and how did you decide where those stations would be yeah great and have you moved some stations since or are they things like that. Yeah, great question. So MoGo is really a, a nod to both the city's history and its future in mobility. So you think about Detroit, Motown, Motor City, but then you think about the role that the city has played in mobility and moving forward um, and some of the new options that we're considering here in, in the city of Detroit in terms of how we move people around. Those two letters, MO, just kind of kept coming back to us. And then the go is obviously a, a nod to the active transportation component of, of bike share. And so we put the two together and MoGo uh, just it, once we said it, um, everyone around the table was like, yes, this sounds right. right. So we did this you know, with uh, the city of Detroit, um, Henry Ford and Hap, and then we worked with uh, um, Connect Brands, which is a, a branding consultant who uh, helped us put all those pieces together and really develop the look and the feel and the color uh, of the bikes. And so we couldn't be happier with, with how that turned out because I feel like it's really something that's um, inviting, fun, a little bit playful, um, inclusive. It makes you want to you know, jump on and, and, and have some fun. Um, we, we focused on several things to figure out where the stations were actually going to go. Um, you know, some of it was looking at where are their um, nodes of activity, so where are people living, where are people working, um, where are they visiting, you know, what kinds of uh, places are they, are they going to, and then looked at things like where are their connections to other types of transit, so be it the bus service, be it the queue line, be it the people mover. Um, we looked at access to good biking facilities because we want to you know, make sure people are safe um, and sort of layered all those things together along with uh, a, a really robust round of community engagement that we did um, at the end of 2016, beginning of 2017, where we went um, and had community meetings, uh, at least one in each one of the 10 neighborhoods that our, our service is located in, and went and said, you know, tell us about your community, what's happening here, where would bike share work well, what should we be aware of, how can we build off of the assets that are already in your neighborhood, because the people who are living and working and spending time there know better than we do um, about what, what's going on in their, their neighborhoods. And so we added that feedback in and came up with our, our 43 stations locations and had to make a few tweaks based on practical issues like is the sidewalk wide enough you know is there enough street space you know can we take a parking space or two um, but but beyond that it was really um, you know all those factors that kind of added up to decide where we'll put the stations and and we have done a little bit of repurposing um, so after having them out for you know six to eight months you know you see the usage and you see wow like this area is you know 
really being used much more than we anticipated. So maybe we'll add a plate or two there, and maybe this area isn't receiving as much you know, activity, so maybe we'll remove a plate and kind of reposition the, the assets uh, a little bit. But we haven't made any major moves. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just been a few little tweaks uh, here and there. So that actually is a sign to me that we, we did a pretty good job yeah, the first, the first so. go around in, in putting and I them see, where they should you know, be. Like over in West Village, there's a station there, yep. and I see people riding all over the place, and the Outdoor Adventure Center down there on the Riverwalk, and right yep. across the street from Detroit Foundation Hotel, right here, convenient for the guests to be able to go out and get a bike, and of course, Absolutely. all the people that are using Cobo Hall. So, I mean, I'm over over in Corktown, you know, where they are uh, kind of off on a little side street, yep. but they're visible from Michigan Avenue. I mean, just a really nicely located so that people can get from here to there and you know you must have had some expectations or how did you you know set your data or because it's all about data isn't it and of, of what kind of ridership you would have and you know it's delightful to hear that the the ridership has really exceeded what you anticipated yeah so that feasibility study i mentioned earlier um that was the foundation for our initial projections uh, for our first year so we we said you know we figure we're going to get about 100,000 rides in our first year based on you know other cities that are sort of similar to us in their performance um, and just thinking about you know the number of bikes and stations that we had here in Detroit and so we we far exceeded that um, we were over 132,000 rides in our first year um, we reached 100,000 rides in just under five months um, so that was like by by mid-October um, that was really exciting for for us to to see in our our first uh, few months of operations, um, and then we've had a great you know start to our our second year as well. You know we're about four months in now, um, and had just, you know had a great summer. We're going to be doing a, a release on our summer ridership uh, probably sometime next month in October, around the same time that we did last year too. And you know the ridership is all kinds. It's visitors, it's locals, it's people you know getting off of the the bus and going to their next mile or two yes. that they need. The whole idea is to to fill in those those gaps that people have for getting around the city as well as all the pleasure rides that you see people taking. And yet at the same time, you're really addressing a very important need of, of where mobility is needed. And a lot of times that's in the, the more disadvantaged uh, income level. And, and so share how you're, how you're addressing that in such a nice way. Yeah, so it's right in our mission. Like we want to serve a wide range of people and a wide range of needs because we often get questions about, so who is bike share for, right? We're not for any one subset of people. We're for all people. So whether you're a commuter, um, you know, who's driving or taking the bus in and you need a way to get around while you're, you know, in the, the central business district, um, you know, during your work day, whether you want to hop on and get some, you know, physical activity during your lunch break, whether you need to hop on and go to a meeting, whether you need to connect that last mile because you took, you know, a bus in, um, it's it's there to serve all of those needs. Whether you want to, you know, hop on and have, you know, a little enjoyment with friends, yeah. um, it can it can be all those things to, to all people. Um, but we definitely wanted to be sensitive to make sure that, you know, that there were a, a variety of pricing levels that um, would not be a barrier for people to use the system. So we're really proud of the five dollar access pass that we've created. Um, it's a five dollar annual pass for anyone who receives state benefits. Um, so you when you sign up. Uh, online for that membership Um, you just check that um, you know I have the state benefits card you enter in that nine digit state case ID number and then you automatically qualify for for the five dollar pass and so that makes up about 17 percent of all of our long-term pass sales so you're really Um, reaching that demographic they're starting to understand one is telling the next and they're probably in certain social services you have that word out yeah you've done a great job with ambassadors out there 
carrying that message to that community. Yeah, we've spent a lot of time making sure that, you know, just creating it is not enough. People need to know about it and know how to access it and use it. Um, and so we've spent a lot of time with our team, our brand ambassadors, our neighborhood ambassadors, educating people that this option's out there, showing them how to sign up, even doing signups on site um, with different partner organizations and having a lot of success in that. And then we've also paired that with the option to pay with cash. Uh, so if you're walking up to a kiosk, you have to use a credit card to buy an $8 daily pass. But if you're buying a longer term pass, whether it's the monthly or annual or access pass, you can elect to pay with cash, and so we'll send you a barcode. You can either print that out or bring it you know, on your phone to any 7-Eleven, Family Dollar, or CVS and pay for that membership with cash. So the combination of the two, um, I think, has really made sure that the service could be used by a much wider swath of, of people. And yeah, that's very say, thoughtful. I mean, yeah. that really, wow, that really is something that you wouldn't think about, but it's so vital for people to have a way to pay. Absolutely, and 70% of those cash sales are for the access pass. So that to me is really saying that those two options yeah. paired up are, are, are making the system available. For you folks. know, I think it's really important to mention they are very nice bikes. I mean, I have a bike. I have one in my car today, yeah. but you know, I'd much rather ride a Mogo. They are, they're sturdy. They just, they're just fun to ride. And that's yeah. to me was the, when I got on it for the first time, I was like, this is a cool bike. I mean, you can go up over a curb. You, you don't feel like the tire's going to go flat. Yeah. There's all kinds, the, the durability of them is, and I see uh, young people on them. I mean, it's not something that you're going to feel tentative about when you're on that bike. Yeah, I mean, you know, because we, again, we wanted to make sure that we made the best possible selection in terms of safety and certain, uh, in terms of durability, reliability. You know, a bike is not a bike is not a bike. Um, we, these are out on the, you know, in the public right of way. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So we knew they had to be able to withstand a whole range of weather conditions uh, here in Detroit. You know, we get pretty cold, snowy, icy winters. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that safety was our, our top priority, that there's visibility. So there's lights on both the front and the back of the bike so that you can see them, you know, at, at all times. And that two wheel, very sturdy kind of cruiser style step through frame, um, you know, you're sitting upright, you're not hunched over. So your center of balance is, um, is positioned really nicely. You can see other people. People can see you. Got a basket on it. Yeah, about a basket. The bright red uh, color doesn't hurt. And we've got, you know, the bell uh, on the bike as well. So that, you know, we really wanted to plan this as thoughtfully as possible so that people were, were safe, visible, and felt comfortable. And for people who maybe didn't necessarily know how to ride a bike or were uncomfortable riding in an urban environment, we offer free street skills classes. So. Oh, that was great. I saw you were yeah. doing one at Eastern Market. That's yeah. wonderful. So we do a biking 101 for people who have never ridden yeah. a bike or haven't ridden in a very long time and, is, and need to relearn. And then we also offer a confident city cycling class. So people who already know how to ride a bike but are tentative about being in an urban environment, riding with traffic, where do I belong on the street, um, those kinds of things. And then we just started offering this year a road rules class as well. Because um, as you know, Detroit's getting a lot more biking infrastructure, particularly protected bike lanes. And I think there's a lot of confusion, not only for people who are you know, walking and biking, people who are driving as well about how do I treat all these new spaces yeah. on the road. And so those are uh, one hour classes that are available to anybody who wants to come and, and learn a little bit more about it. So they and can, they can find out about those on the website? Yep, or? so mogodetroit.org, M-O-G-O-Detroit.org. Okay. Um, and they're all free. Um, and of course, your this, Facebook page, you're good yep. about getting information out there. Yeah, we promote that as there Lisa as well. Nikowski we're speaking with, who's the founder and executive director of MoGo, the, the bike share, I guess you would yeah, call it, you know, exactly the bike it. share facility in Detroit, and it's specifically named MoGo, with the, keeping the, the Motor City involved. I love the name. Yeah. And um, the other thing is, 
you know, you just keep growing and, and expanding. I want to mention that we're at the Detroit Foundation Hotel, the old Detroit Fire Headquarters at the corner of Washington Boulevard and Larner. And they do have a MOGO station. We're right across from Cobo Hall. There's a, a MOGO station right across the street here at Cobo Hall. And Detroit Foundation Hotel is, is very um, bike supportive. They have a couple bikes here for their, their uh, guests to use. Yeah. But here you have the station across the street they can send people to. And such a, a wonderful... Um, time of our lives when even the hotels are encouraging people to get on a bike and go out and ride around Absolutely. the city and enjoy it. Yeah. And, but the expansion that you've done over the last year is, first of all, I love the fact that you're going out into the neighborhoods yes. even further and into the suburban community. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so we're really excited. Uh, in spring 2019, we're going to be adding another 30 stations to our system. Uh, they're going to be in the Livernoy McNichols area in Detroit, as well as five suburban communities. So Ferndale, Royal Oak, Oak Park, Huntington Woods, and Berkeley. Um, and so we submitted a joint application for some federal transportation alternatives program funding together earlier this year and received word over the summer that that's going to be funded. So we're doing the rest of the, the fundraising needed for that, but we're well on track to launch uh, those stations uh, in the spring and we'll be reaching out to people uh, this fall and over the winter to do that same kind of community engagement I talked about earlier um, really wanting to get people's feedback and in, in terms of where they'd like to see stations and how this could fit into their respective neighborhoods and communities so that we can launch the service there in, in the spring. So 30 stations and there's how many now? 43. We're almost doubling. That yeah. is a phenomenal. I mean, that it's very exciting. Exponentially yeah. what you're doing is, is really amazing. I want to go back a little bit to the when I saw you had the classes about riding bikes, the day before, I don't know if I had told you the story or not, but a friend of mine, Kelly Burris, we were talking about Mogo, mm -hmm. and she was telling me about a lady that was uh, trying to ride Mogo, yeah. and it was obvious to, to Kelly that the lady maybe hadn't been on a bike for a long time, yes. or, and so she stopped her and said, hey, wait a minute, you know, just here's what you need to do, and kind of gave her a little lesson just Tutorial, to sort of yeah. recoup her. And then the next day, I saw you were having classes, so you're so tuned in to that fact. There's a lot <laughs> of people be, yeah. that learn to ride a bike as Kid, yeah. but maybe they haven't been on one and that's a huge demographic right we all yeah. know that just from our friends that you know we encourage them to get on their bike and come downtown for slow roll or whatever or encourage them to come down and i encourage my friends hey if you've never ridden downtown come down and get on a moco yeah. you know don't worry about hauling your bike down here the whole idea you get on a 30 minute ride with moco and you'll discover what what joy there is to ride the dequinder cut or to yeah. ride along the river walk or you don't have to use to ride your errands you know bring your family down or come by yourself just to experience it because once yes. they people experience that then they develop their own lifestyle with with biking, whether it's on MoGo or their own bikes. Absolutely. And you're one of our best ambassadors, Emily. We, could, we couldn't ask for better. <laughs> I <laughs> you're love so it. kind in the promoting and supporting what we're up to. You know, and I know Bob Lambert, the general manager here in Dara, they, they ride bikes and every, yeah. a lot of the people here ride their bikes. Kelly um, Barge, who is with the uh, Aperium Hotels, which is the parent company of of uh, Detroit Foundation Hotels. She, she's here uh, for three or four months working with Bob and the oh, rest nice. of the team here. And she's riding her bike everywhere. She was riding the one that the Detroit Foundation Hotel has and now she's she's got a bike, but she's been using MoGo. She doesn't have a car. Love it. So yeah. she's been using MoGo to get everywhere and she's just loving the city. And really, I, I see it as that's why she's falling in love with the city because she's not in a car. Exactly. She got here for the first time a couple weeks ago. And so for the last few weeks, everything she's 
doing is on a bike and just I had breakfast with her the other day and her, her joy of being in the city and it's playful when you're on a bike you meet people there's so many things that happen when you're on a bicycle yeah it's so much more interactive you're not trapped behind steel and glass you're not flying through communities you actually have a, a chance to you know pause and kind of take in your surroundings um, you know I live in Lafayette Park and as I bike into you know the office uh, you know in the morning I'll high five the parking attendant guys who go by you know because they're used to seeing me you know going by there regularly and it's just it's like those little interactions I think really contribute to a much broader sense of of community and connection and and it just lets people in on the special spirit that is is here in Detroit. Well for me it's so much fun because years ago Pooh and I uh, when we had Emily's across the street we would ride a tandem bike down down (laughs) down to work here from uh, Indian Village West Village area and I always kept a big penny farthing bike out in front of the store which I had learned to ride and we actually had bike days on Saturdays and we'd take people down Cass Avenue we'd only get five or six people on those days and even had a bike day uh, you know but there you would get very few people because not a lot of people were riding bikes in yeah. Detroit in those days I rode my bike everywhere you know so it's fun to see how it's evolved I mean I I remember when I discovered you know riding a bike in the city in the 60s you know yeah. wow this is cool yeah, yeah. why aren't more people doing it but it just shows how long it takes for things to evolve and if you hadn't done what you've done I mean you've been the catalyst as far as I'm concerned you know, slow roll has been great. All the, the fat kid ride, all the different bike clubs. But the the Mogo brings it to the people that aren't thinking that way, mm-hmm. who already don't have a bike or haven't ever thought about riding in the city. And the fact that you're taking it out to neighborhoods. More importantly is that years ago when we had our Emily Detroit runs, we, we allowed wheelchair participants. And we were way ahead of ourselves on yeah. that. It was before ADA, the American Disability Act, and, and most runs weren't allowing wheelchair participants. And we called it the Ironsides Division. We had people that were in wheelchairs that were being pushed. We had people that were wheelchair athletes. But in those days, the, the modified wheelchairs were just kind of coming into being. I mean, th- those that were really into uh, the Paralympics or the, the, the competition, yeah, totally. had, had wheelchairs that were adaptable for but it's come so far and the fact that you have added adaptive bicycles to yes. the fleet is huge it speaks volumes of how the inclusion yeah yeah like I said it's we really take very seriously we want to have a service that is available and welcoming to all um, and that includes you know providing different options for people to ride so we have partnered with wheelhouse detroit to um, uh, rent out 13 adaptive cycles so we've got hand cycles trikes recumbent bikes recumbent tandems um, side-by-side tandems they re- there's really a, a great wide range of options available and you could go and get fitted um, on those those cycles. So they're and, um, the station for the adaptive yep, bikes. Okay. Exactly, because we can't park them at the stations because right. the, these are quite large and vehicles. Let's talk about Wheelhouse Detroit, yeah. Kelly Cavanaugh. I mean, they were the pioneers. I remember years ago coming into town and I rented a bike from them and I yes. was like, what? A, a bike shop down on, by the river? And I was just, I was amazed, you know, and I rented a bike and wow this is cool but that was people forget that was a while ago absolutely just like you were pioneers when you started looking at the feasibility of bike share kelly is a true pioneer um it's just been such a great partner to work with um not only on adaptive mogo but just thinking about you know how we grow the cycling culture in the city um and so you know i've learned a lot from her over the years and you know the great work that she's doing the great work that todd scott's doing the great work that that, that the city is doing i mean the stuff that jason hall i mean Uh you know starting slow roll from a you know 10 20 person ride to 
you know, multiple thousands of, of people. Um, it, I mean, it really just goes to show, like, you can have a lot of, you can have a lot of impact There's as an individual There's room for everybody. Detroit. The theory yeah. of abundance. Everybody contribute yeah. using doing their own ideas. And Wheelhouse just named, once again, one of the top bike shops in the country. And female-owned, which is just so yeah. cool. You don't yep. get that, you know, very much. And so, yeah, I greatly Tour de Trois, they're, they're the, yeah. the umbrella for Tour de yeah, Trois I'm on with, the, yep, with uh, Victoria Katinsky. I was yeah. so honored to be the Grand Marshal of Tour de Trois two years ago. Yeah, and I'm on the board of Tour de Trois. So, oh, wow. Um, you can, oh, that's right, because I've seen you over there. Yep, uh, yep, exactly. I mean, it's amazing what all, all that that you that you've done. Yeah, it's a, it's been pretty incredible. Um, I count myself very fortunate to be uh, involved with such uh, great people who are also advocating for you know better cycling in the city, better conditions. Um, like I said, growing that culture, growing the community, doing it in a way that's inclusive and safe um, and accessible for everyone. So it, it feels really good to be, you know, but one of, of many who are, who are working on were those things in Detroit. Were you a biker? Were you riding your bike quite a bit six years no, ago? No, it's I funny. Mean, it's, it's funny, but I think it actually makes me perfect for this role is that, you know, we weren't going after diehard cyclists. We wanted to go after people, you know, who maybe had not been on a bike or hadn't thought about riding a bike in that way. Um, and so, you know, while I certainly have, you know, ridden my bike, I was, I was not a, you know, died in the wool, uh, you know, cyclist. And so I think that that perspective was helpful in thinking about, all right, what kind of messaging do we need, you know, to think about for people who are, you know, not somebody who puts on Lycra and rides 30 miles on, you yeah. know, on a weekend. I fall into your category too, you yeah. know, as a casual rider and, and, you know, just really loving it. And that's what I love about seeing so many people when they're cruising around town on a MoCo is yes. that I, I know they're experiencing that thrill of like, wow, this is really cool. Yes. You know, because they haven't done it before. Yeah. Or they're just getting into the, the whole the feeling of coming down on at nighttime or during the weekends and taking a ride yeah. in the city and now that you're expanding into the neighborhoods and and it could be one of the things where like you hop on a mogo and you you know ride that a few times and you realize like i really love a bike like i want to go buy my own bike right it's, exactly I mean, we it's used to pipeline. introduce running yes. that way we were never yeah. after the hardcore runners or even our saying nice things about detroit we weren't after the people who were naysayers we were after being sort of a heartbeat for the people who kind of really wanted to 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 share how much they loved the city and totally. there's people sitting on the sidelines that are like i want to ride a bike i want to get out there and do it you're pulling them off the sidelines you're yeah. giving them an easy way to to experience that instead of just wishing because you hear that with a lot of people oh I want to do that someday it's just, just a one little nudge mm -hmm. once people do it and they get nudged and that's what you're doing you're nudging people whether it's with the adaptive bikes or the the um, the access pass for the I love that for the the lower income or the people that are on, on some benefits yeah they are seeing it that you're addressing this for them. This is for you to get from bus stop to bus stop or to get on a bike and go get some groceries or run their errands. What kind of things do you hear about that they're using them for? Oh, for all sorts of things. Um, I mean, exactly those like errand, I mean, running errands that you need to, um, getting to work, getting to school, um, you know, getting some exercise in during the day. Visitors obviously using it to check out, you know, key sites and neighborhoods around around the city of Detroit. Um, you know, grabbing lunch. Um, I mean, all all sorts of things. And um, we've got some folks who have, you know, are are sort of our, our super riders um, and have ridden hundreds of trips on on the bike. And so we're going to be starting to tell more of their stories. Oh, great! Um, you know, in the the months to come, just because it, I think it's really impressive when you talk about you know 132,000 rides in your first year, like those kind of high level numbers. But when you really think about the individual impact that's having yeah. on 
you know, now this has provided someone with a way to get around or someone for a way to be healthy or someone for a way yeah. to make connections with people in places that they haven't had before. Um, I think that's when it really starts to you know, kind of sink in and, um, and yeah, really understand the impact that, you know, that we're doing one person, one bike ride at a time. It's the Say Nice Things About Detroit show. I'm Emily T. Gale. We're talking with Lisa Nikowski, who's the founder. I think that's really important, the executive <laughs> director of MoGo. And uh, like she said, they've, they've, they've uh, over 100,000 riders the first year, way beyond expectations, right? Or within the first six, six months, you had 100,000. Yeah, yeah, just under five months. You know, so you're up to 132,000 for the year. And just the, the, the reception throughout the community of all levels of diversity and inclusion has been absolutely wonderful. And I mean, you just see the bikes everywhere. And, and you don't see them in the, in the stations like you used to at the beginning. You see them, people riding them. Yeah, yeah. really, and I think it's important. Uh, you get, I know you got to get to a meeting shortly, but one last comment. The logistics. First of all, I created an event here at Detroit Foundation Hotel a few weeks ago, and you were nice enough to drop off some bikes for us so a, a group of us could go out and ride, and, and you dropped them off here. But at all the stations, you know, I think it's so interesting. I remember the first time I saw your dispatch trucks uh, come up to a station, and they were unloading bikes, and I met them, and I took pictures, and I, oh, that's how you do that. I yeah, wondered yeah. how you figure out where, you know, where you're going to replace bikes, or do they just hopefully come back each night to the same place? Talk about that the dispatch it's a it's got to be a 24-hour thing huh and we your ha- customer yeah. service we have an incredible operations team so we've partnered with shift transit and um, they're a bike share operator and so they've got national experience and uh, but have hired uh, an entire local team here in detroit uh, to run our system and so they do everything from all the maintenance on the bikes to doing the system rebalancing to doing customer service so when you know when you see those vans out and about they're out making sure the stations are working they're making sure that there are enough you know bikes uh, and available docking points at each one of the stations um, yeah I see just, them in the middle of the day out there putting more bikes in different docking stations yep and they're watching in real time so we know exactly um, you know how many bikes are out in the field at the particular moment which stations are getting full or empty so they know where to to go and, and rebalance those stations um, and then yes we have a 24 uh, 7 call center as well uh, where people can call you know obviously any time of day or night and and get help if they're having trouble like with myself the when i yeah. first used the station yep. the first day now wait a minute how do i what do yep. i do here how exactly do I get, you know because it is about learning that technology yes and once you get it it's pretty easy to, to use it but it, it for you know a lot of people first time i see people standing at the kind of reading it and when i was doing it there are a couple of gentlemen that uh, young guys that pulled up and they put their bikes in and they walked me through right. it yeah yeah, you yeah know, exactly. so i think there's a whole lot of that support people telling each other i'll see people People looking at the bikes and I'll say you got to try it give it a try you know yeah. like they're like well should we do that yeah. so they're it, you're part of a little you're part of a little community by by being exactly you know, and out a everybody bike and becomes an ambassador so it's Lisa Nikowski we've been speaking with the founder and executive director of MoGo the the bike uh, share program in in Detroit that's going to be expanding which they've got uh, 49 stations 49? 43 right 43 now. 43 and, and we'll Detroit be adding, an, adding another 30. 30. Yeah. Throughout the, 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 not just the neighborhoods, but out into the suburbs, really, the suburban communities. So we'll all be looking forward to that. Yes. And uh, ridership is up high. It's it's really meeting the needs of the of people in the city, perhaps even more so than you ever expected. Yeah. 
it's been a beautiful thing to, to witness. Really. Well, it's been really yeah. fun to watch, and I think it's important to mention this all started about six years ago. It didn't just happen. There was, no, lots of Lisa hardware. was with the <laughs> Office of Economic Development with Wayne State. A group of people started talking about it and really did feasibility studies and looked into what it might do. So there's been a whole lot of work going into deciding, is this something for Detroit? And obviously it has been, and probably even kind of going to be leading the country and, and innovative, I have a feeling, because that's what Detroit does. Yeah. We're, we're innovative in the in the ways that we figure things. And I love how you answered, you know, the, the question that people ask about the, the scooters that are out here. And you're so positive about that, is that it's all about finding mobility for people and that we can all find a way to have this all work together. And it's evolving and working together. And you're so good about that. You know, it's not that you're, this is MoGo and this is what everybody uses. You're all about mobility, aren't you? Just yeah. as Todd Scott is with Greenways and Kelly with Tour de Trois and everybody. It's about non-motorized vehicles getting yeah. people from here to there. We need a whole range of options, right? Um, and I think that that's been something that, you know, we've slowly you know, been awakening to here in the city and, and maybe not so much the region quite yet, but we're getting there uh, in terms of it can't just be about the car all the time. It's got to be about, you know transit it's got to be about biking it's got to be about other mobility options it's got to be about good environment to walk in because we're all pedestrians at some point we all get out of our cars or transit or off a bike and have to walk where we need to go and so i think that we're thinking a lot more carefully about those um about those other uh, elements that need to be in place to really have a functioning uh transportation system and starting to do the hard work that it takes to get there so um more options are, are always a good thing and what you've done is such a good thing. I mean, every time I, if I'm going to say anything nice about Detroit, MoGo is going to be in that. You know, and that's really what saying nice things about Detroit is, is to share our personal experiences right. of the, the things that happen. And for me, it's the MoGo, whether I'm getting on a bike or I watch other people. And as I say, I was down in Rivertown yesterday, and I watched people picking up bikes and turning them back in. And it was, it was amazing to see how much energy there was of people walking down the street and deciding yeah. they were going to get on a bike. So Lisa Nikowski, once again, the founder, executive director of MoGo, mogo.org uh, mogodetroit.org mogodetroit that yep. should be I should know that by now mogodetroit.org and you can get a lot of information there and walk up to one of those pay stations and the the uh, where the the docking stations and the bikes and you'll learn a whole lot about what's going on there so Lisa thank you for your time it's always good to talk with you and I'm looking forward to how you're just going to keep expanding and staying in touch with you and I'm going to stay out there as one of the great ambassadors yes. for MoGo because I'm such a believer in what you're it's doing it's always a pleasure Emily okay. thank you so much it's the say nice things about Detroit show and I'm Emily Gale thank you for listening aloha